Welcome you to the sports kingdom. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Pachelki. What's up, TP? How you living, man? I'm doing all right. I'm, it's uh, halfway through the NFL season, more than halfway through the fantasy football season. So yeah, things are moving quickly. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's the playoff what a- picture is starting to form in fantasy and real life. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely in fantasy for sure. It's well, it's starting to come. It's starting to come down to who's gonna who's who's gonna make the cut. Yep. But uh, before we start, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at The Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK Show. Check us out on Anchor as well, anchor.fm slash TSK Show, or just download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android uh, we got a lot to go over this week on the TSK show. Uh, like Tyler said, we are halfway through the NFL season. Uh, so Tyler and I have come up with our midseason award winners. We're also going to preview week nine with our NFL power rankings presented by the Cup Barbershop and our picks of the week. Uh, we have a new segment for you guys this week. Uh, our NBA starting five is what we're going to call it. Uh, we're going to get to that towards the end of the show. Uh, but I got to start off, though, with how I feel about the Dodgers and their World Series appearance this year. Uh, I was at Game 3, so I'll get to that in, in a little bit. But overall, the it was the Red Sox versus the Dodgers. Red Sox won in five games. Steve Pierce was a World Series MVP, and I cannot begin to explain how much I hate Boston athletes with the last name Pierce. <laughs> yeah, man. That was a tough one. Um it's unfortunate that like the 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 four run lead in the in game four is where I think the series turned. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, it's the second year in a row where uh, the, yeah. the team the Dodgers were playing one on Dodger Stadium, one at Dodger Stadium. Uh, it's always tough to have another team win a championship yeah. on your home field or home court. This this is like yeah, it's I, I haven't seen too many teams lose back to back finals. It's it doesn't happen too often. Um, I think the Nets did it. <laughs> they I, did do it. Uh, I think I saw the, I saw the Jazz do it. Um, as long as you don't creep around the the Buffalo number. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, but overall, I mean, at the end of the day, the Red Sox—they're a hundred-win team. Yeah, they're it, they're the most wins in franchise history. Uh, they were the better team at the end of the day. They deserved it. Um, insane that they've won four now since the curse has been broken. Dude, they've won four in the last fifteen years. Yeah, they're they're rolling. Um, it was awesome to see Ben Affleck, Matt Damon. Yeah, that Jimmy was pretty Fallon. cool. And then Matt Damon and Jimmy Fallon were wearing the "I'm with Stupid" shirts. That yeah, was pretty good. Yeah, that that was that was a classic moment. Um, I I lost my bet to my buddy Nick Smith. Uh, he's, yes, this is so funny. He's uh he's ordering a World Series Red Sox jersey. Uh, for himself, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, you just have to take the picture. I have to wear it once, take a picture. I have to post it as my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter profile picture. Leave it up there for a month, and ba- and he gets to bask <laughs> in all of my yeah, uh, that's pretty good humility. 
I gotta make. I gotta get somebody with a bet like that. That's just too funny. Hey, we could. We could. We, I'm sure we could get something for Ram Seahawks it's next. Just, week. It's just easy for me, you know. I got. I got. I've already been seen in so many different teams. It's not <laughs> like. A yeah, no. This one. This one's definitely gonna be tough for me, especially because it's a Boston team. Yeah. Uh, and everybody knows how much I hate Boston sports. Uh, but like I said, I was at Game Three. Uh, the first game at home for the Dodgers uh, for this World Series, Friday night. Uh, I got to work uh, because uh, I work for the Dodgers radio broadcast partner. I got to work a, a five-hour pregame broadcast from 12 to 5 uh, at Dodger Stadium. So I was there all day. I got to the stadium yeah. at 9 o'clock, uh, 9 o'clock in the morning. And as as you know, Friday night, yeah. game three was the 18-inning marathon. God, that sounds just terrible. <laughs> It was the greatest live sporting event I've ever been to in my Definitely life. Definitely get your money's worth. Well, I didn't have to pay for it either. But I mean, just in general, people got their fucking money's worth. Oh, for dude, it was 18 innings. They saw two baseball yeah, games, two games in one sitting. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. Two baseball games, one result. Well, the World Series have been crazy the last couple of years. Yeah, no, I mean, game five last year was crazy with the back and forth going, also going into extra innings, and it was like uh, the final score was like 13 to 12 or something like that. Uh, and then game three uh, going into 18 innings. Uh, I got on TV twice. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that cool. was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, I got hit up by multiple people saying, just, yo, was that you on TV? Was that you on TV? We just stay getting in the home run sections. Yeah, at the Angels-Mariners game we got on TV. That was pretty cool. Um, but I mean, when it really comes down to it, I think, uh, on the field, the Dodgers had a lot of chances to take control and win this series, but they didn't. And there's a lot of blame being thrown around. Uh, I was listening to a lot of sports talk radio, uh, today while I was getting ready for the show. Uh, and I listened to a lot yesterday. Uh, there was a lot of blame being thrown around, uh, and trying to decide whose fault it was that the Dodgers lost. I think it just comes down to the fact that there was just a failure to execute on everybody's part. The The front office uh, has a huge role in in basically creating the lineup. Dave Roberts obviously also has a say. Uh, so I feel like the front office didn't execute their part uh, when it comes to creating lineups uh, as well and basically not setting up Dave Roberts as the manager for success. I don't think Dave Roberts, when it came down to his decision-making in-game, whether he was getting direction from the front office beforehand during the game, who knows? I don't know any of that. Um, I I don't think Dave Roberts set up his players for success. And ultimately, when the players were put in the positions they were put in, they didn't execute. Uh, As a team, the Dodgers uh, at the plate, they batted 180 for the series. And their pitchers uh, allowed an ERA of 3.49, which is not good. Uh, And then obviously with the Dodgers, who had the second most home runs this year in the majors, uh, batting as a team 180, you're not going to win a World Series against a 108-win team batting 180. Yeah. Um, Namely, Ryan Madsen, uh, he was acquired at the trade deadline. Uh, He allowed every base runner and every batter he seed uh, to score. (laughs) <laughs> like literally. God damn. Uh and then I mean I can't defend Clayton Kershaw in the postseason anymore. It, yeah. I I can't do it. He we thought he got the monkey off his back last year. He messed it up in the World Series. He couldn't get it done game 1 in Boston. He couldn't get it done game 5 to try and extend the series. 
And also Kenley Jansen, he wasn't himself uh, this World Series, and really for pretty much the entire season, he just, he he wasn't himself. Yeah, they're gonna have to move forward and not lean on those guys so much in the future. Yeah, but they're gonna have a different role on the team. It's it's definitely gonna be interesting. I don't think Machado's coming back. He can kiss LA goodbye. Uh, I think he cost himself a lot of money this offseason with his antics, uh, some of his quotes, uh, him not hustling. It um, it definitely wasn't an ideal World Series for the Dodgers uh, 30 years after 1988. Uh, what I thought was pretty cool with me being at game three and it being 18 innings and the Dodgers winning on a walk-off home run was my mom was at Kirk Gibson's home run in 1988. I was at Max Muncy's home run in 2018 in go. game three of the World Series, so I'm hanging my hat well, on that. Yeah, you got to see a World Series game regardless. Yeah, I got to check I got to check a World Series game off my bucket list. Yeah, that's uh, a big one. Especially because it's uh, my, my favorite team growing up, uh, getting to see them, and also getting to see a historic franchise like the Boston Red Sox in the World Series. Yeah. Uh, was definitely a cool opportunity. Um, but... I'm just hanging my hat on that the Dodgers, they weren't supposed to be in the World Series at all. They got off to the worst start in franchise history. They lost their star star shortstop in Corey Seager, Mm -hmm. uh, and they still made it to the World Series. They put up a hell of a fight. Yeah. Um, They they got a young squad, too. I think they're going to be all right. It's just going to be a different team. It's not going to be the same. It's not – I think the roles are going to change. These younger guys are going to have more responsibility for wins rather than – Kershaw and Jansen yeah for sure um but I guess we'll get them next year yeah gotta, gotta move on to the next one oh, that's I hate it's always that tough sucks. losing the championship because you feel like it was a failed season but you know you were this the the last one to lose it it just it was so like losing how we lost in game four yeah that's that yeah that was it was the just so demoralizing yeah that was the moment of this uh the World Series. Yeah, like Game 4 almost hurt as much as Game 7 did last year. Yeah, I bet. Well, because you lost it there. Yeah. You know, it, it's like, yeah, you could, you were still in it, but it was extre- It was a completely different series after that. Yeah, I mean, with the with – Being the, tied up rather than being down 3-1. Yeah, being down 3-1 is always tough. And, I mean, with the whole scenario of how the Dodgers were up 4 to nothing with the air at first base and Cody Bellinger being able to run it out. Uh, and then obviously Puig with the monster home run, and then obviously Puig being Puig, uh, his they got some they got some future they got some future stars so they're gonna be all right. But yeah, tough tough loss, but second place that's not not too bad. Two World Series in a row. Yep, it's pretty good. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the gridiron. Yep. How, how'd you uh, how'd you do in fantasy this week? Um, in fantasy, I got crushed in our TSK show league. Really? Got crushed by. So we both I think forty, like forty six, forty seven points. I lost by over fifty. Yeah, it was it was it was a bad one. Um, yeah, I just I I I went with Jameis Winston. Um, that was oh, like the, that was boy. the big uh, that was the big decision I had to make this week with Matt Ryan on by. That's tough. Um, and it was between the you know it was between a couple guys. Um, I think it was between like him, Derek Carr, Rosen, and uh, I just went. With, I, I unfortunately fell victim to the ratings. Uh, went with Jameis, and but regardless, man, if I if even if I would have done better, I mean, I still scored almost 120 points. Yeah, no, ran, that's still I pretty just good. I ran into the highest score of the week, so it was uh, it was tough. Yeah, no, I'm I lost by over 50 to Corey. 
He's lucky I had my two best players on by and Melvin Gordon and Julio Jones, and I also had two more players on by. So I had a total of four guys on by. Um, I don't. I think if my two best players, Julio Jones and Melvin Gordon, weren't on by, I probably would have had a chance to maybe upset Corey. Yeah, Cor- Cor- yeah, Corey and uh, uh, Corey had the second highest scoring. Chad, who I played, yeah. Had- I, I, 64 points that's pretty tough to beat no matter who you play ironically my top performers uh, of the week in the tsk show league came on thursday and lamar miller and will fuller who is now out for the year yeah i mean i i had like i said i had decent production for most of my guys um the quarterback obviously hurt but in the end i wasn't gonna win that game yeah did you win in the blue dog league i did Oh, there you go. I did. So, yep, I'm in the mix for uh, for both of my leagues, which is all that matters. Well, I'm I'm three and five in the TSK show league. I'm four and four. I won in both my other leagues. I'm a total. I'm a total of ten and six between okay. the two leagues. Okay. So. I'm eight and nine in a, in I'm three rolling. total. Leagues. I'm I'm doing all right. I'm I'm seven survive, I'm just trying to survive through these bye weeks, and then hopefully I feel comfortable with the squads I have going into the playoffs. So once we get through the bye weeks, as long as I can limp my way into the playoffs, I'll be all right. Yeah, uh, who are who are some of your big performers in the Blue Dog League this week? The the Blue Dog League, I mean James James White just yep. like continues to dominate for me. Um, I also have like you know Mike Evans who yep. who had who had another monster <laughs> week. I have Mike Evans and James White on one team as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then Gron- and then Gronk was in there who he didn't really like score that much, but you know still has an impact. Yep, still has an impact. Um, and then I had, and then Russ, Russ and the and uh, Chris Carson, for the Hawks, they brought it home. Yeah, uh, I picked up Kenyon Drake on Wednesday before yeah. th- before the Thursday night matchup, and I was able able to use him, and he came up big for me. Uh, I also had Antonio Brown have a two touchdown performance, which was nice. Yep. And Patrick Mahomes, killing it. Yeah. So I think uh, Chad had um, four guys that had two touchdowns against me. Oh, that's that's never good. Yeah, uh, one, two, three, four. Yeah, four four guys with two touchdowns against me. I'm not winning that game. No, it's tough. It's tough when you got multiple guys getting multiple touchdowns on you. So, yeah, but yeah, moving on, moving on forward. Uh, I should be I should be all right in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I'm I, I still am in the mix in the playoff race for the TSK Show League. Hopefully, I can uh, get above 500 before the playoffs starts. Though. Yeah, eight teams makes it cool. Yeah, that definitely gives gives a little little bit more of a chance. Mm-hmm. But all right, let's let's get on with these uh, power rankings presented by the Cut Barbershop. Uh, who you got at number ten? Well, number ten. <laughs> I've been solid on this all week. No, oh, you've been solid on it all week. No, you sure? I uh, I hate picking number ten. It's so hard. But uh, this week I kind of went with the safe bet. Uh, I tried to think more Super Bowl uh, threats, and this team just made a big acquisition today. So yes, I'm going they did. With Philadelphia, even though they're four and four, um, they did, you know, they come, they're coming off a win against Jacksonville, which I feel like is a good win. Um, they just, like I said, they just traded for Golden Tate, um, so that's a big acquisition. I feel like uh, he's going to help them out a lot. And moving forward, I just think they're going to be a threat to make the push, you know, make a good playoff push. Yeah, for sure. I, I think uh, the Eagles. I think uh, that division is obviously still up for grabs. Uh, no matter how good Washington thinks they are, I think the the NFC East is still up for grabs. Washington's th- definitely winning games, but I just I don't I still can't buy them as a threat. No, not yet. But I also think that with this trade with the trade deadline being at their bye week and them getting a player like Golden Tate 
it's yeah. perfect timing with him being able to get this bye week under his belt to get him ready, and then he'll have a whole another week to prepare for whoever they're playing uh, next week. Yeah, and uh, Alshon Jeffries has had a really good year this year, um, even coming in banged up. So he's gonna be he's gonna help out a lot being underneath of Alshon Jeffrey on all those routes. Uh, and then with Zach Ertz, this team is going to be pretty pretty tough to defend in the passing game. Yeah, I mean, Golden Tate, uh, he's definitely no slouch. He, yeah, they got one of the best fronts in. Uh, they got one of the best defensive fronts in football. Um, they're still, I think, Carson is still trying to figure shit out. I, I don't see him at the level he was last year, but he's still being productive enough to get him by. And with all these passing weapons, I think they're going to be all right moving forward. Um, but, yeah, they're on a bye week, so moving on up to number nine. This team was at number nine last week. Um, they're coming off a win against the Dolphins. It's the Houston Texans. Four in a row. Five in a row. Yeah, five in a row. Excuse me. Five, in, five wins in a row. Um, yeah, and they're, they're, going, they're going to Denver this week, uh, which I think that they can go to Denver and get the win. Oh, um, yeah. They just traded with Denver to get Demarius Thomas. So there's a revenge game already right there. So the week that Demarius gets traded from Broncos to the Texans, he will play his former team. So that's going to be good. Yeah, and I I think giving a rookie quarterback like Deshaun – or excuse me, a, a second-year quarterback like Deshaun Watson another weapon to go alongside DeAndre Hopkins like Demarius Thomas to fill in for a spot – uh, that Will Fuller has now vacated. Yeah, I, yeah, that's the perfect scenario. Yeah, they they somehow upgrade. Well, upgraded or you know, depending on how well you think. Same, Will same, Fuller, but different. You know, they they got a great player in that position where they lost a great player. So, the Texans, I think, are going to be great moving forward. Um, Jadavion and, and JJ are out there playing together, which is big time. Deshaun Watson's coming off a five touchdown game. So, yeah, he looked real good. Yeah, I think they go to Denver and they uh I think they go to Denver and get the win. Yeah, I think I think they also beat Denver. Uh I think losing a player like Demarius Thomas is never a good thing. Uh and I'm I glad know they got rid of him though because he he was not what they needed right now. No, he's not what they needed right now and they didn't want to pay him going into a contract year. But I also think the locker room is kind of upset that they did get rid of him. Uh, I saw some uh, social media posts from players like Vaughn Miller and Emmanuel yeah. Sanders where they were they said they were upset. Well, because it kind of looks like you're giving up on you know, which I I don't think that's what Denver's doing, but I think they're just trying to move on from him. Yeah, it just it wasn't the right fit right now. Yep, he's in the prime. He's in the prime of his career. Um, he's trying to win, and I don't know if the you know John Elway feels like they're contenders right now. Yeah, for sure. All right, who's at number eight? So at number eight, uh, this team was number ten last week, so they're up two positions. They're five and two. It's Carolina Panthers. They vilified themselves. Yeah, they did. I, um, they're uh, they're looking good. They're a tough team to to beat right now. Five and two, super quietly. Yeah, very quietly. Um, coming off coming off a win versus Baltimore, who I think is you know was the other team I thought was the number ten team last week um, with Carolina. Yeah. Um, so I think they beat a good Baltimore team. Um, they're second place in a division with New Orleans. But, again, they're only a game back, just like the Chargers. Um, and they still have to play one more time. Yeah, just like the Chargers, uh, they're they're only a game back of these, uh, you know, dominant, so-called dominant teams in the NFL. Right. Um, although I do um, – I unfortunately think they just ran into Fitz Magic. And I got them losing. You have them losing. I got them losing. No, I got. I, got, I oh man, I can't bet against Fitzmagic. No, dude. no. I've I've learned my lesson. Um, 
Deshaun Jackson's happy about this. Um, yeah, Mike he, Evans, I think, is happy about this. I think the Bucks franchise, the head coach, um, I think everyone internally outside of ownership and Jameis Winston are happy about this. Yeah, Ownership's upset because they wasted a first pick in the draft. Obviously, Winston and his people are upset. But outside of that, I think everybody else is happy. Yeah, and Deshaun Jackson's also happy he didn't get traded. Yeah, it, well, now he's definitely happy with with Fitzmagic. Um, I got to go with him. I, I'm a, I got him going in there and getting a win. Well, this is where I got to pull away from you some more. Uh, I got Carolina winning this game. I just think they're uh, five well. and two. I think I, I just think that yes, Tampa Tampa Bay made the decision to stick with Fitzmagic this week. I just think there's too much dysfunction going on with Tampa Bay. Uh, I think the dysfunction has just been benched. <laughs> I think that's that, that's really how I feel. I think that's that's what it took. We'll see. I think we'll that, see. I, th I think I, the coach finally gets what he wants. You think so? Yeah, I think this is what he wanted all along, but he was forced to play the number one pick. Yeah. All right, we'll uh, see. So, yeah, I got I got Carolina losing that game. Um, moving up to number seven. This team was number seven um, last week. And they're also coming off a loss, but it was a, uh, against the Saints. It's the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota's 4-3-1. and one, And like I said, they're coming off a loss to the Saints. Yeah, but they're they're playing at home. They're playing against Detroit. Yep, who I uh, think I think they're going to win this game. Yeah, I, you think Detroit's winning this game? No, I think Minnesota's winning this game. Oh, yeah, exactly. I think yep. Minnesota's winning this game as well. Um, I think they just ran into a, a train that can't be stopped right now in New Orleans. Yep, exactly. I just think New Orleans is a better team. Uh, yeah. I don't think Minnesota's a better team than New Orleans. It's not, it's not like Minnesota had a bad game against New Orleans. And it was the revenge game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they had to get them back, so... Like like I said, they're in the same position they were last week, coming off a loss. That's how you know respect, how much respect I have for uh, New Orleans. Yeah, um, you know losing to them is not going to knock you too much. Um, and like you said, they got Detroit at home this week, where I think they get a win. Um, and this NFC North is going to be interesting with uh, Green Bay at five hundred, um, Chicago's at four and three. It's going to be an interesting little race at the end. Yeah, I mean, listen, Detroit Detroit's only at three and four, so. You know, I think Green Bay is not doing as well as they thought they were going to do. Chicago's doing better. Well, Green Bay is definitely um, not doing doing so as well as they thought they were going to do. It's going to be an interesting little race for the NFC North. Yeah, but uh, I got Minnesota winning. And then, uh, so moving up on to number six, this team's up two from last week. I got the Pittsburgh Steelers at 4-2-1. and one. Um, they're coming off a win against Cleveland. Uh, and, you know, they, they're, the, <laughs> they're the ones to uh, – the revenge on the tie is the one to kind of nail the – put the last nail in the coffin for Hugh Jackson. Um, yeah, we'll get to them. Uh, so, yeah, but this week they're they're going to Baltimore to play against the Ravens, who, again, I think is a really good football team. But I like the Steelers to win this game, a tough road game. Yeah, I got – the AFC North I got, getting I, the win. I got the Steelers winning this game. Um, I think overall they're the better team. I think they – they Baltimore and Cincinnati just keep hanging around. Exactly. They're hanging on by a loose thread. But they're, uh, they're good football teams, but I think Steelers are going to end up um, rising to the top. Yeah, exactly. They're, Cincinnati and Baltimore, they're hanging by a loose thread, but Pittsburgh is coming with those scissors. James Conner has been in, incredibly productive. Uh, Roethlisberger is <laughs> still there. They, still, they got one of the best one-two combos at wide receiver. 
the fact that James Conner has been able to step in the way he has for Le'Veon Bell. It, and show, it shows what happens when you have like a consistent when you have consistency, uh, you know, in a team. Yeah. Where you got these linemen that have been there forever. They have a good offensive line. They've got a good, you know, structure. Um, they play tough running the, you know, running the football. Anyone can be productive for the Steelers. Almost anyone. Yeah. Now before we move on uh, and talk about uh, the top five and who they who they got coming up uh, this week, uh, Baltimore did make a trade. Yep. Uh, which yeah. is very interesting and very timely. Yeah, no. Uh, Green Bay didn't waste any time on getting rid of Ty Montgomery. No, he was – and I think a lot of people were in Green Bay's organization were upset with Ty Montgomery after what happened yeah, and Green, the way he handled it. Yeah. Uh, so the Ravens sent a 2020 seventh-round pick to Green Bay for Ty Montgomery, basically – Green, Green Bay was like, we're going to – they basically said to the teams, we're going to release him, or if you guys want to throw something at us, we're listening. Yeah. The Ravens said, 2020 seventh-round pick? Yeah. Green Bay said, sure, why not? Yeah, no, we're, it's, uh, it's sad to see how the, the kind of the, the fall of Ty Montgomery as a Packer because he was such a, a good piece for them, such yeah, a Yeah, he was important piece. for them yeah, for a, a while. Versatile player. Um, but, yeah, he fucked up big time. Um, supposed to take that safety, fum- ends up fumbling it. Yeah. Um, he did have a good response. He talked to the cameras. He didn't back away from the question. No, and he he, he, he stood his ground on his on yeah. his stance on wh- how he yeah, felt so, uh, so he should have done. I think he fucked up and he handled it the right way, and it's just sad to see him go, but fuck, that's how it goes. That's a business um, at the end of the day. And Green Bay, man, it's tough. They, they're who I wanted to put in at number 10 this week. Um, you can't put them at number 10 after how they – But it's just, man, they just keep getting the tough games, you know, tough losses. Yeah, they uh, keep tough getting tough tie. breaks. Yeah, tough tie, tough loss. Um, they're going to keep fighting, though. I look for Green Bay to bounce back. Yeah. So, all right, so moving into the number five. Um, number five, the, the top five is the same. Uh, all five of my top five teams won their games Same last order, week. too. Same order. Um, exact same top five. So, all I'll right. start out with the Chargers, five and two. Coming off a of bye. Coming off a of bye week, um, they're going to go up to Seattle, play Seattle. Tough matchup. Tough matchup. Um, I think they caught us at the wrong time of the season. I think this is like, although they've had two weeks to uh, prepare, which is never good, um, as long as we can contain Melvin Gordon, which I think the best way to do that is keep running the football like we have. So I got Seattle winning against the Chargers. I also have Seattle upsetting the Chargers. I just think that uh, – Seattle's been on a roll. They yep. like you like you were telling me before they're four and one since week two. Yep. Uh, which is always a good good to yep. go on and a the, run after the, after starting was, off slow. And the loss was to the Rams. Yes, the loss was to the Rams. So, so good not a bad loss. No. We didn't like have a bad game. No, 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 no. They we, they had we, opportunities uh, to win that game. So yeah, I think Seattle's hot right now. Yeah, and I I think the Chargers are a good team. Yeah. But the Chargers have a history of always letting one slip away. Yep. I think this could be one of the games that they let slip away this season where they might have a lead late and something happens to where there might be a turnover, a penalty, something yeah. something crazy like that to where yep. Se- Seattle gets an opportunity to give Russell Wilson the ball yep. to make a fourth quarter comeback. Our, our offense just needs to keep our hands on the ball because they've got a lot of playmakers on offense. You know, led by Keenan Allen and Melvin Gordon, um, so they're going to be a problem to to cover. So we just got to keep, we got to have our offense to stay on the field. 
Yeah. So when Russell's coming off his uh, first first time ever getting a perfect passer rating. Oh, that's cool. So that's pretty legit. I think they're they're playing the right way. They're they're playing the way I want them to play, and that's run first, run first, run first, play action. Yeah, and I mean, and, I and think that that's when Russ is at his best. That's how that's how we became who we were. Yeah, and I think the NFC has been competitive enough to where if they could squeeze out a win here, they still have a chance to get into that wild card spot. Yeah, absolutely. They'll be yeah, we get a win here. You're five and three. You're looking all right. Yeah, exactly. Five and three is a good 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 mark at the halfway point for sure. For sure. Um, so moving on up, number four, Chiefs at seven and one. Um, they're coming off a win against Denver, uh, which was a good divisional win for them. But they're Mahomes better looks teams. real good. Um, Mahomes is a stud. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to Cleveland this week uh, with the coaching changes in Cleveland and all that. It's going to be an easy win for them. How was Hugh Jackson calling the plays for Cleveland? It didn't work out, but <laughs> yeah, I told I you. Mean, yeah, they were in a. They're in a weird situation with their franchise. You know, I don't know what's going on, why they're making the decisions, because, you know, they either want to get these people away from their young talent or they want to keep, you know, you want to keep some sort of consistency with your young talent. Like, yeah. Whether it's the best or not, as long as everyone's on the same page, it's the best, you know, best for these well, young guys. Well, clearly people weren't on the same page because obviously Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley, they weren't getting along. Yeah. And it's just weird to fire both of them. Well, the G well, I think that's the GM's way of saying, I'm not picking sides here. You're both gone. We're going to give the def defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, the interim job. It's his team now. And he, it, that'll be that for the rest of the season. Yeah. And, and Greg Williams can coach. It's just, it's, it's tough. It sucks for a rookie quarterback to have to change. Oh, coordinators. Hopefully, they'll be running the same scheme. Um, yeah, hopefully. But they're going to be super basic on offense now, and I think the Chiefs it's are going to be get, real predictable. Chiefs are going to get a big time win against Cleveland this week. Yeah, Chiefs are definitely moving on to eight, eight and one. Um, Saints are going to be my number three team again at six and one. They're coming off a big win against Minnesota, um, and then turning around and having to play Los Angeles. Yeah, it's uh, Murderer's Row right here. Luckily, both games were at home, though, for them. So that, that really saved them, I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, a Minnesota uh, Rams back-to-back -back is going to be tough for the Saints. But I got them winning. I got them winning at no, home. No, no. The Rams, if, if the Rams got to lose eventually. Um, and like I, like I said, I, I thought Rodgers would get that win. Um, he didn't end up getting the win. Exactly. You're going to be wrong two weeks in a row. But the Saints are a better football team than the Packers. Yes, I will give you that. Um, so I, I, I like to see Drew Brees get this big win at home and then tie, tie it up for first place in the NFC. Um, the Saints were my original pick for the most wins in the NFC, and I'm standing by it, damn it. <laughs> They're both going to be one loss at the end of this week. It's a tie for the first. Well, uh, no, the Rams will still have a game on them. Because of their bye, yeah. So? But, but the losses are the same. The loss is what counts. We know they're getting wins. It's it's how many losses you got. All right, we'll get to the Rams when when we get to yep. the number one spot. Yep. So, But, yeah, so we got uh, – so, yeah, like the Saints at number three. Um, I don't. I and don't. Then, and then uh, coming in at number two, uh, the Patriots, six and two, the monster of the AFC again, or still, or, you know – they're they're still up there. They just coming off a, uh, a weirdly uh, weirdly tough win against Buffalo. Yeah, last night's game was so weird. I when I got to your house, when I got to your apartment, it was nine to six. Yeah, it was a tough game for the Patriots' offense. They definitely struggled. Um, 
But yeah, they're they're going to they're playing Green Bay at home on the Sunday night, the big primetime matchup this week. Rogers versus Brady. Um Did you like that MJ commercial? I loved it. I thought they <laughs> crushed it. What a perfect time to pull that off. You know what I mean? I, I honestly can't believe they got MJ to do it. Did you did you what, like did you see it the first time you saw it, did you know what was gonna happen? Or did you think they were literally going to do a LeBron commercial? No, the first time I saw it, I had already heard the like news. all of the commotion about it. I didn't yeah. see it live. See, I would love to talk to someone that got to see it thinking that it was a LeBron commercial. <laughs> that would have been crazy. Yeah. Well, you saw LeBron's tweet, right? Yeah, oh yeah. No, it was it was good. Um, played it perfectly. But yeah, I got the Patriots winning this game against Green Bay. Just because I think they're the more well-rounded team. Um, Green Bay just got rid of Clinton Dix and Ty Montgomery. Yeah. So, you know, I, I believe in Aaron. If he wins, it's not going to be a huge surprise, but I got to go with the Patriots in this one. Yeah, I'm also going with the Patriots. I think just overall they're the better team. They're the they're the more well-oiled machine. Uh, obviously, with Green Bay losing some pieces to, the, to trades at the trade deadline and then coming off a really disappointing loss to the Rams, uh, just the way it all went down. Yeah, um, yeah. Green Bay's had a tough year, man. That's a scrappy year to be three, three, and one. That's a scrappy record. Yeah, uh, and I'm, Aaron Rodgers is not happy. No, he's not. So I, I like them to have a strong second second half of the year after um, after they take this L to the Patriots. I like them and their back eight games to really put on the pressure. Um, and then we'll see. A, and then a number one again. Um, I love hearing this. I think it's all but one week. Yeah. I think uh, outside of week one, um, yeah. they've been number one, uh, the Rams, coming off the win against Green Bay. Yeah. It, they got they got the dub. They they scrapped that one out. Uh, yeah. And but that's what happens on these uh, teams that have momentum. Shit just, shit just happens to, uh, to go your way when you're really playing well. Yeah. And, I mean, the Rams made a pretty big trade today at the trade deadline. Yep. Uh, they gave up a 2019 third and a 2020 fifth-round pick for Jaguars defensive lineman Dante Fowler Jr. He's a former first-round pick. Third Uh, pick in the draft. Yeah, third pick in the draft. Uh, So now our front four are Michael Brockers, Aaron Donald, Ndamukong Sue, and Dante Fowler Jr., and that is what Drew Brees has to face on Sunday, and that is exactly why. No, it's good that they got someone on the edge because, like I said with Aaron last week, with their matchup against Aaron is – with all their pressure coming from the middle, if they play these quarterbacks and just step outside a little bit, they can get a, it. That's like their weakness. Oh yeah. And now you know they're trying to run. If they had they if they had a weakness, that would be their weakness because they spent most of their money on corners. Yeah. Um, they don't have the edge guys, and this is a big pickup on the edge. Yeah, giving up giving up players like Alec Ogletree and uh, Robert Quinn. Uh, in the off season and addressing issues in the secondary and yeah you have to do, you have to address you know certain positions yeah they you know you can't get it every the edge you can't was, get everything the edge was the one position they didn't address this off season and now they addressed it and got a player who is a first first round draft pick and then I believe Akeem Talib is also coming back this week uh, I'm not sure if it's this week it could be next week yep so he, um, he's on the he's on the verge yeah he's get, he's getting closer to getting back for sure. Um, obviously, I got to go with my guys. Uh, I got the Rams going to nine and zero over the New Orleans Saints. Shout out my guy Santana. Uh, he's a big uh, New Orleans Saints fan. One of my coworkers. He's a big listener to the show. Shout out you, Santana. There it is. Um, but uh, yeah, he's uh, I the Rams. I think they 
with with what Todd Gurley did at the end of the game, as much as all the gamblers and the fantasy owners, they all hate it, mm. at the end of the day, if a, if you got a player like that sacrificing a touchdown mm. like that for the betterment of the team to not yeah. give a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers the ball with any time left to try and get a comeback. Yeah, yeah, no, you just that's that's the right play up, to make. It's just a heads up play, you know. But those are those are plays it's that the Brian Westbrook type of play. But yeah, those those are the plays that, that separate. One? Yeah, I do. Lays down the one. Yeah. Um, but those those are the plays that separate championship winning teams and and not championship winning teams. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great mindset to be in for Gurley. Um, he obviously knows he has his stats. It's not important. He's gotten stats. He's gotten he's gotten accolades. He's trying to win. Yeah. So yeah, to uh, to bring it back really quick. Um, start off with number one: the Rams and Patriots, Saints, Chiefs, Chargers, then Steelers, Vikings, Panthers, Texans, Eagles. All right. I look for the Seahawks to get back in this top ten for the first time this year. If they can get a dub this week, I don't see why they wouldn't they, be. If they get a dub against the Chargers, I'm going to put them in there. Five and three sounds worthy of a top ten position. I think so. All right, before we get into the rest of the games, how was your, uh, how was your picks last week? What last, was your record? Last week went 12-2. and two, so Oh, that's got, pretty good for you. Got where I wanted to be. Okay. 73-48 uh, and 48 for the year. 73-48. and 48. Uh, I also went 12-2 and two this week, so we, we were even on that. Uh, my current record now is 76-45. and 45. Rogers, man. Damn, I was so close to getting that one. <laughs> that would have been, been the difference maker. It would have. It would have, but it wasn't. It wasn't. No, damn you, Ty. I love Ty Montgomery too. That's that's <laughs> what kills me about it. Hopefully he can. Hopefully he can find a new home in Baltimore and and still be productive in this league. Yeah. If not, tough. sayonara. Yep. Tough. All right. Let's get into the rest of these games. Uh, the first game we're going to get into uh, is a really shitty Thursday night matchup. <laughs> the but Battle of the Bay. The Battle of the Bay. We got the Oakland Raiders, the Black Hole, coming in at one and six going across the bridge to San Francisco to take on the 49ers but yep. it's not they're not even going across the bridge they're going uh to Santa Rosa or Alameda wherever Levi Stadium mm-hmm. is which is like 40 minutes away from San Francisco yeah um but San Francisco is coming in at 1 and 7 coming off a loss against the Cardinals um this I didn't I was like can we can we just end this game in a tie or just not have a winner <laughs> I got Oakland winning you got Oakland winning, cool, because I got San Francisco winning. Yeah. I took the home I got, team. I got I got Oakland winning. I think they're the better football team. Um, Get out of you do both, not. Both of, yeah, yeah. Oakland's definitely the better football team. They're just both kind of like in a transition age. Oh, they both suck. Yeah, they're both they're both tur- turning it around right now, trying to figure out what they got. I I had to go with the home team. Yeah, I got I got Derek Carr and those guys getting in there and Derek Carr and who? Hey, I don't know, Jordy <laughs> Nelson. Jordy Nelson's all right. Yeah, he, I've heard of him. Yeah, they'll be all right. All right, next game we got is uh, the Chicago Bears coming in at 4-3, and three, going to New York to take on Buffalo. Yep. The Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia, coming in at 2-5. and five. Uh, I got and, Chicago winning the game. Yeah, she and then keep And Chicago's going to keep staying in the playoff hunt at the NFC North with, the, with wins like this. Yeah, exactly. Like This is like the perfect – opportunity for them to get this win and go to five and three yeah at this be, point they're gonna the be season. looking tough at five and three for sure yes and i mean khalil mack is just obviously a beast mm-hmm. um but buffalo is just a mess yep no they, they they don't got they don't got nothing going for them right now um 
they're going to start clearing house at the end of the season and, For sure. and moving forward with their young pieces. Did you hear what Booger McFarlane said about Kelvin Benjamin? No. <laughs> so he was talking about Kelvin Benjamin last night on Monday Night Football, and he was talking about his size. Um, he was saying how he's like 6'5", 240, probably about a Popeye's biscuit away from being a tight end. <laughs> when I heard that, I mean, Twitter yeah. went Twitter went crazy with it. Yeah, he's a big um, dude. So, yeah, it was just a funny. Burger. Get on his little machine on the sideline. <laughs> that thing's pretty cool. I'm, I'm not, yeah. not going to lie. So he can stay next to the line of scrimmage. But, all right, the next game we got is the uh, New York Jets traveling down south to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Yep. Uh, the Jets are three and five. The Dolphins are four and four. I got Miami winning this game. I got Miami winning too. Uh, playing at home, uh, it's probably going to be weird conditions. Yeah. Uh, for the Jets to play in, they're going to come from the freezing cold. So uh, the Jets, I don't really like. You know, they got a rookie quarterback. They're just trying to basically just get through the season and let and hope Sam Darnold keep making making steps forward. So I got the Dolphins winning this game. Yeah, I, I got the Dolphins winning. This I think game the Dolphins too. is actually like one of my more favorite uh, like team defenses for fantasy this week. Yeah, I mean, it's a good opportunity. They're at home. It's going to be weird weather conditions. They've got players on defense. Al- Alonzo uh, has been killing it for them on defense. He's one of the leading tacklers in the NFL. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think they just they have more. They, they, they got more, more going. They got more going for them than the Jets, which isn't saying much, but <laughs> it's saying a little. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the next game we got is Atlanta going to the nation's capital to take on the Redskins. Atlanta coming in at three and four. Redskins coming in at five and two. Redskins also making a trade today at the deadline. Mm-hmm. They sent a fourth round pick to Green Bay for safety. Ha ha, Clinton Dix. Yeah, that's which a is, big one for them. Yeah, I mean, you got now sure. Josh Norman, DJ Swearinger, and ha ha, Clinton Dix all in the same secondary. Yep. Uh, and there were another one that was fighting over for the 10 spot this week. Um, but ultimately, I just. I don't know. I can't. I still just haven't haven't fallen in love with them. So I got I got Atlanta going in there and getting the win to get back to five hundred. I also have Atlanta going to, in there and, and try to the get upset. their name back in the mix as far as the playoff goes. Yeah, I got I got Atlanta going in there and getting the upset over Washington. Um, I think uh, Haha Clinton Dix will help Washington in the long run. Um, being five and three at this point in the season is not anything to be upset over. Um, but I just think Atlanta is going to try and figure out a way to just get, like you say, get back in this playoff picture before yeah, before it's too got, late. They've got as talented of offense as anybody, so if they can manage the game correctly, they can win. They can win this game. Yeah, for sure. And then the last game we're going to talk about was another one that I was Super like, can it just end in end in a tie or just not even play at all? Yeah. Uh, it's the Monday night matchup between the Tennessee Titans and the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. This was another matchup uh, like the Thursday night. I just kind of was like, all right, I'm just going to go with the home team. I got Dallas winning this game. Yeah, I'm not interested in it at all. I definitely think Dallas is the better football team in this scenario, too. Well, especially playing at home. and You got a, a player with like Amari Cooper now. Yep, yep that's going to help out. Every week he's going to get better. But Zeke and the offensive line, I think it will be enough to beat Tennessee. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, so that wraps up uh, our power rankings and picks of the week. Uh, like I said in the intro, it, we're halfway through the NFL season, uh, so Tyler and I thought it would be a good idea to give out our NFL midseason awards. Yep. Uh, so Tyler, who do you think 
through the first half what, of the season. What do you want to start? Do you want to start with MVP or end with MVP? So it's a question. Um, we can start with it. Yeah, let's just start with it. All right, you want me to start it off? Yeah. Who do you have as your All right. NFL uh, midseason MVP? I'm, I'm very pleased to, to say this, but I got Patrick Mahomes as the NFL MVP at the halfway point. He leads the NFL in passing yards. He leads the NFL in passing touchdowns. He's had 300 passing yards in every game but one. Um, the Chiefs are 7-1. and one. Um, They're sitting at the top of the AFC. Uh, and, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, man, I, I, I'm excited to watch how this kid plays. He's, he just keeps awing people every week. Yeah, no, I mean, Patrick Mahomes has had, had a hell of a season, uh, obviously stepping in uh, for Alex Smith. Now that uh, he is gone from Kansas City, yep. uh, he's produ- he's he's spreading the love. Everybody's getting love. Sammy Watkins is all of a sudden a part of the offense. Yeah, I mean the best Tyreek way Tyreek and Kelsey and Kareem Hunt have been there. The best way to describe it is Mahomes is basically underpromised and way over delivered. Yeah, uh, like like I said, man, the new McNabb. It's it's the <laughs> aired out, run around and throw the ball deep uh, offense. Yeah, led, led by Andy Reid. Yeah, and I mean it'll be it'll be interesting to see if this Andy Reid led team will be able to sustain second half success. But I mean, with Patrick Mahomes at the helm, I don't see why they can't. Yeah, based off is, of everything he's done in the first half. This is the point in the season where uh, where they like started losing games. Um, last year, at this point in the season, they were six and two. Right now, they're seven and one. Yeah, um, but this is where they lost four games in a row. Um, so you know you don't want to repeat what you did last year. You definitely got to keep it going. Guy, the kid's on pace for 5,000 yards. Yeah, I mean, that's just unreal. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he's got 2,500 2, passing yards, eight games in. Uh, he's crushing it, man. Yeah. So, my my MVP, and this goes for pretty much all of my awards uh, and my my ideology when it comes to picking who I think should win these awards is it comes down to the best players on the best teams. So my MVP is Todd Gurley. Uh, he's got 11 rushing touchdowns, four receiving touchdowns, 800 rushing yards, 351 receiving yards. Um, he's on pace to have over 25 total touchdowns uh, on uh, for the season. Yep. And I think he's the best running back in the league, clearly, especially with Le'Veon Bell being out. Yeah. Um, but arguably last year he was – just as good, if not better, than Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Um, and like I said, when it comes down to it, I got to give this award to the best player on the best team, and the Rams are 8-0. Yeah. I just don't think they'll give it to anybody but a quarterback, unfortunately. Yeah. I do have I do have uh, Todd Gurley as my offensive player of the year, though. I, I think, also have Todd Gurley as my offensive think, player of the year. I think he's been, uh, he's been, you know, the guy, like you said, this is the stat machine. Um but I think Patrick Mahomes is the most valuable. I think quarterbacks just tend to be – they're so relied on so heavily that the the award just naturally goes to them because of their re- responsibility for the for team. For sure. And it kind of takes away with having someone like Golf on Gurley's team. Uh, Who's crushing it just as well. Exactly. So it, it kind of it takes a little bit away from it. Um, and then you see jobs like, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees where they are literally the entire team. Yeah. Um, so it's tough. It's tough to give out that award to someone that's not a quarterback, but Todd Gurley is definitely deserving if anybody is to get it. But yeah, yeah I got him at uh, as my offensive player of the year. Yeah, so do I. I think, like I said, best player, best team. Um, there's no real 
other other option, I think. Yeah, I mean, I it's just yeah, there. Jared Goff, though, you know, is, <laughs> is the, you know best players on best teams. If Gurley's your see, uh, but I guy, think I think if Todd, Gurley's your guy, I think Goff's got to be in there as well. Um, but see, I think Todd Gurley's a better running back than Jared Goff is a quarterback at this point. Yeah, that's why I think people give the offensive player of the year to him, but uh, MVP to quarterbacks. Yeah. No, I definitely see that. Yeah, it's just it's just tough. Like, look at James Conner. Yeah, for you sure. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know who could step in and do these things with these running backs. Running backs' value is really tough to judge, but Gurley's definitely the best in the league right now. Doing yeah. That. All right, who you got a defensive player? Uh, of the year? Defense player of the year right now. Um, I got Denver's Von Miller. Um, he's got 32 tackles, which is right up there with all the uh, the leading sack guys. Yeah. Uh, he's got eight sacks, which is tied for second. Or well, yes. Yeah, Tied yeah, he's for tied second for most. second. Um, eight sacks, four forced fumbles, tied for first. Uh, two fumble recoveries and a pass deflected. Um, we all know Vaughn Miller. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a beast. He's a beast. Um, he gets after it. He's throwing up as good a numbers as anybody this year. Yeah, and people are going to call me biased, but I got to go. Best player, best team, uh, defensive player of the year, midway through the year. I got to go Aaron Donald. He's got 29 combined tackles. Leads the league in sacks at 10. Yep. One forced fumble, one fumble recovery, uh, which was obviously two weeks ago where he stripped it and the announcers didn't even see the ball. The mm -hmm. refs didn't even see the ball, but he just ripped it out the guy's hand. Um, but I think he he's he has the most impact on defense other than any other player, I think. You got to put two guys on him, and then that leaves you with one other guy to defend Sue. Yeah. On the other side. So it's like Yeah, no, they're 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 a monster pairing. Um there's a there's a couple there's a handful of guys that think they deserve the award. Yeah, no. Khalil I, Mack and JJ Watt, I think, are both in the discussion. Aaron Donald's definitely had a monster year. I mean the the four players that I was deciding between were those four Khalil Mack, JJ Watt, Aaron Donald, and Vaughn Miller. Yeah. And I I gotta go with my guy. Because they, they're the they're all just as important to their defense. Um they bring so much to the table. Hundred percent. Um, yeah, so we'll move on to offensive uh offensive rookie of the year. Yep. Um this one actually uh I think is I think you know everyone is gonna say Saquon Barkley. And rightfully so. He's already got a thousand thousand yards from scrimmage. Um he's got seven touchdowns, five hundred and twenty uh rushing yards, four hundred and ninety seven receiving yards. Um but I do want to shout out Philip Lindsley. Yeah, he's doing good. Uh, undrafted running back at Denver. Um, Saquon Barkley has 519 yards. This kid has 531 yards. Saquon Barkley averages 4.7 yards a carry. This kid averages 5.7 yards a carry. Damn. Um, but Barkley really separates himself in the receiving yeah, for sure. um, aspect of it. So, like, I couldn't give it to Philip Lindsay, but – He's kind of like not not necessarily Alvin Kamara because Kamara had a little more uh, clout uh, coming in. Yeah. Um, but Lindsey is is a stud in the making. I, I really like his play. Went to the same high school as Christian McCaffrey did. Oh wow! So really, has modeled his game, and you can kind of see it in his game. He's definitely like a little scab back, but um, ultimately, I got Saquon as the offensive rookie of the year. He's just a beast. So my rookie offensive player of the year, uh, I got to give it to Sam Darnold. He's got 11 touchdowns, uh, seven, over 1,700 yards already uh, halfway through the season. He's been the starter since day one. Mm -hmm. um, he's got a better team or a better record at, and a better team, really, than uh, Saquon does. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, like you've been saying, 
quarterbacks are more val- are the most valuable position yeah. in it's in the, the hard, sport. It's the hardest job in sports. So I got it's I got the mo- it's the most like valuable position. Yeah. So I I think the numbers he's put up have definitely overachieved than what people were expecting of him coming in day mm-hmm. one as the starter. He's gotten the Jets three wins, which I think is three more wins than a lot of Jets fans were expecting them to win Saquon, with a rookie quarterback. Uh, thousand yards through halfway. What what, nah. what what would happen if we saw a two thousand yard rookie campaign? That'd be pretty impressive. Be pretty but crazy. hey, we're only halfway through, so we don't know yet. No, we don't. We don't. It could be. It could be more than that. Yeah, it could be. It could be more than that. All right, who you got as your rookie defensive player of the year? I got a good one for rookie defensive player of the year. I think I got this one. I nailed this one. You sure? Yep, I think I nailed this one. Positive. I think this is who it's going to end up being. Ooh. Um, this the this the the linebacker for uh, Buffalo, Tremaine Edward Edmonds. Ooh. Tremaine Edmonds. He he's out of Virginia Tech. He was the 16th overall to pick. He's the middle linebacker for the Buffalo Bills. Now we all know what what's going on in Buffalo. There's a lot of bad going on, but he has played in every game. Um, we I watched him last night uh, Monday Night Football. He calls the plays in the huddle for a rookie. Um, he's got six, a lot of responsibility. He's got 62 tackles. He's deflected seven passes. He's forced two fumbles, and he has a sack. And um, and all of this now inside linebacker is kind of the quarterback of the defense, uh, um, for lack of a better term. But yeah, he's like, for sure. Uh, he, uh, Tremaine Edmonds is the youngest player in the NFL. Wow. So the youngest player in the NFL is calling the plays um, in the huddle for the defense. Um, 62 tackles halfway through the year. Um, youngest player in the league. Yeah, he's got a bright future. He moves around. He's quick. He's fast. He's a, he's a prototype. Um, so yeah, like the Bills, Tremaine Edmonds. No, I definitely think that's very deserving of. Uh, he, especially he's stuck the in Buffalo. So, but the rookie awards, I don't think it matters what your team does. For sure, for sure. I, I think it's really going to be down with stats and how often were you on the field, how big of an impact did you have. Yeah, and he's playing every down. Yeah. Well, another guy that's playing every down is uh, my pick for rookie defensive player of the year halfway through the year. He was my pick uh, at the beginning of the season to who I think will win it at the end of the year, and that's Derwin James of the Los Angeles Chargers. He's got 45 combined tackles, three and a half sacks, one interception. Uh, He has a huge impact on a defense that has a bunch of stars on it already. Yep, they're Um, they're stacked. Yeah, and he's helping them win ballgames at the end of the day. It's a great pick. I think he could definitely win it. Um, the other name I think that's in the mix is uh, Bradley Chubb. Yep, I could see him. And then uh, Vander Ash, the middle linebacker in Dallas, he was another one that kept popping up on the list. Yep, yep. All right, coach of the year. Um, I got to go. I got to go with with my big dog Andy Reid. Oh, um, stop it! I think he's ex, ex, exceeded expectations um, with a new quarterback this year. Um, letting letting your veteran walk away. They're seven and one. Their only loss is to Brady and Belichick um, in week six. So uh, not taking it away from, you know, anyone else's schedule. I think that they've just taken care of what they need to do. Um, they're better than what I think. You know, people thought they were going to be good, but not this good. Yeah. Um, so I think, he, I think he's done the best job as far as expectations coming in and what's happened um, in the regular season. I feel you. Well, you said uh, Andy Reid. Andy Reid's only loss was to Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. So my pick for Coach of the Year doesn't have a loss, and his name is Sean McVay. 
that's good. I mean, you know, not everyone gets to play Brady and Belichick. <laughs> well, we could we could play him in the Super Bowl. No, you, well, and like the last week's last week's win, I think was a big time win because yeah, it was you huge. Played a, you played a veteran quarterback uh, that can win games, and we didn't give him the opportunity to win the ball game. McVay is definitely deserving. He could easily two get years it. in a row. Um, but that's the issue. I think the issue is like he got it last year. Expectations were Super Bowl this year. So he has that unfortunate burden of high expectations. But if you go, but he, he, if but, you go from being ten and six to being fourteen and two, fifteen and one, they were eleven and five last year. Or eleven and five, yeah, Even yeah. So still. that's what I mean. Like twelve. So like you know, twelve and four. I think is like your wash. Like okay, you got one more win. Yeah. Now, if he goes and only has one, two, three losses or or zero, you know, yeah, obviously. Who knows? Obviously, then I think he exceeded expectations. But the expectations win the Super Bowl. So they're kind of just where they're supposed to be. For sure. Um, obviously, you can't take away from being undefeated, though. Yeah. So, so all right. Yeah. Enough with the pigskin. Yep. Let's get to the hardwood. Yeah. Uh, our new segment for you guys, it's uh, our NBA starting five. Uh, similar to the two-minute drill, uh, how, we, how we've done in the past. But this... Uh, starting five it's going to be five topics that both of us know going into beforehand that we've agreed upon uh kind of just five kind of headlines going around uh the nba that we want to talk about each week um more so, they're more the quick moving topics like a two-minute drill but we're trying to keep it thematic yeah you know uh the two-minute drills football expression so yeah so we'll roll with the two-minute drill of football stuff but basketball we got our starting five yeah so Coming in at number one on the starting five uh, was last night's historic performance by none other than Clay Thompson. Coming in at number one is the number three ball. Yeah, the number three ball. Uh, Clay dropped 52 points. 27 minutes. In Chicago against the Bulls. He was 18 to 29 from the floor total. He was 14 to 24 from three point, which was a new NBA record. 14 threes in, in an NBA Set game. by Steph Curry. Yeah, he beat his uh, teammate who beat Kobe Bryant. Had to get that in there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Clay, Clay got 52 points in 27 minutes. Uh, I want to know from you, though, what is more impressive about last night's game between the Warriors and the Chicago Bulls? Clay's 52 and 27. Clay's 14 threes. The Dubs scoring 92 points in the first half, or Clay Thompson only having to take five total dribbles to score 52 points in 27 minutes. Yeah, I mean, all those are super impressive, but I got to say, 52 points in 27 minutes. The 14 threes is like, it's it's never been done before, but this is the way basketball is going. Yeah. Um, not to take away from it again, but he, they, these guys are on the – the front end of like how basketball is going to be trend 52 points in 27 minutes to me is timeless like that shit that like will chamberlain used to do you know yeah. what i mean this is stuff that like through the course of history will always be impressive um the, the no dribbling is always like a cool stat for clay especially um, for clay it shows how how smart of a basketball player he is and how good he is at using his body and how efficient he is moving without the basketball yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that that all that's impressive. The ninety-two points is like um, I didn't know. I didn't probably think that I'd ever see stuff like that. Um, but the fifty-two and twenty-seven is uh, the most impressive to me. Yeah, I, I definitely think uh, the fifty-two and twenty-seven 
is impressive, but I, th- I, I just can't get over the five total dribbles. I mean, when Clay, I think it was when he had like 34 in one quarter, uh, yeah. he only he only held the ball for like a certain amount of time, uh, some crazy stat like that. Um, I think just the way that Clay Thompson, he moves without the ball, uh, the way he uses the spacing that the Warriors have, uh, and just how efficient he is with the basketball when it is in his hands uh, to create his own shot or yeah. creating his own shot by coming off he's the screen. Al- he's always just ready to raise and fire. He's not, yeah. he's not afraid. So he, and he's I a mean, bona fide stud. And listen, I mean, 14 threes, uh, it's never been done before. Like you said, not to take away from from the accomplishment, but in two weeks, Clay could, or Steph could go get 15. Yeah, it's easy. Like that, that record, I think, is only going to keep, keep getting broken. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, second in our starting five yep. is uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are the last remaining undefeated team. Yeah, they are seven and zero. Surprising. They beat Toronto last night, one hundred and twenty four to one hundred and nine, to give Toronto their first loss of the season. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee won this game without Giannis, but Toronto rested Kawhi. Yep. What do you What do you make of all this? Uh, I think that the Bucks can be the team of the year in the Eastern Conference as far as the regular season goes. Yeah. It typically seems like the East has this happen more often than the West where these teams will dominate the regular season. They could get the, – the Bucks could get 60 wins and, like, win the East. And it could be <laughs> yeah. like, you know, when the Atlanta Hawks did it not too long ago. The Chicago Bulls did it with Thibodeau a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, but they don't get to the finals because they're not built for the seven-game series that some of these other teams are. Yeah. Um, they're a really good basketball team. It's got a really bright future. Um, but I don't think they're – I don't think they're ready to beat uh, Boston in a seven-game series. So uh, whether they win the regular season or not, um, you know, I don't think they'll get to the finals. But what a 7-0 start tells me is, oh, they're going to be that – they could be that team this year that just wins the East. Yeah. Which is not what anybody thought was going to happen. Yeah. No, I mean, I think Milwaukee is definitely a playoff team in the East. Um, obviously, before the season start, everybody was talking about all the competition that's that's in the West – now that obviously with LeBron coming to LA, yeah. um, but people people are forgetting about the East and all the competition that is in the East, and all these teams they are going to beat up each other, beat up on each yeah, other. Yeah, they're the regular like equal season. competition because they're all in the secondary tier. Yeah, exactly. I mean? It's like it, a bunch of one tier teams are playing in the West, and a bunch of two tier teams are playing in the East. I think. Yeah, and and like you said, I think Milwaukee is one of those teams that is is poised to make a regular season run. Yeah. But they're not constructed yet for a seven-game series against a Boston, Philly, or Toronto. No, they're not. They they could win. That's uh, you know they could win the the East in the regular season. But, yeah, yeah. So all right, third in our starting five. Uh, it's kind of premature, but uh, some free agency talk coming up for this summer. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of how honest Kevin Durant is being about his upcoming free agency? And I have a recent quote from him uh, about his thoughts on his upcoming free agency. Uh, so, quote, I am thinking about the money uh, I'm going to get, Durant said, per the Athletics' Marcus Thompson II. I've never gotten the, quote, massive deal. Uh, I've just seen a bunch of dudes around the league making so much money, and I'm happy for them. But I know I deserve that too. That's the only thing I'm probably thinking about, to be honest. So he's basically saying the only thing he's really thinking about for this free upcoming free agency is the amount of money he's going to receive in a max deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's it's 
it's, yeah, it's kind of confusing, you know, because it's cool that he's being honest, you know. Um, it's cool that we know where his intentions lie, so we know we know where to judge him based off of his decision making. Yeah, you know what I mean. Now that he's being honest about it, and I think I think it also just says that I don't think he's really tied to being a warrior next year. For sure, I think he he's like it, the championships wrapped up. Um, yeah, he's year. got the rings now. He doesn't need anything else. Yeah, it's, it's he's vilified himself as an NBA champion. So um, get to get a three P. Uh, I think he'll be done. Yeah, I th- I don't think he will be with the Warriors next year. I think where he goes, signed, I don't I think know. The Warriors sign Clay and KD leaves. <sighs> That's where I stand right now. I think someone will give KD the most money. Yeah. Um, and then I think Clay is very happy in Golden State, and I think I think Clay Clay has no reason to leave. I think Clay and Steph um, ride it out together almost the the whole way. I think similar to. A Parker Ginobili, I think they ride out the whole dance, basically. To you know, yeah. maybe at the very end something happens, but yeah, I mean, I just think I don't. To to my recollection, and I I could be very wrong. I just don't think I've ever seen a player, especially in this day and age, and with social media and the internet and the way things are and how sports is covered now, really come out and say, "Hey, I'm all about the money. This contract. I'm not really trying to get a ring. I'm not trying to yeah, win." Well, the that's definitely just the social media age where we have such close, you know, we're so connected to these guys. Yeah. Um cuz I think that shit's been said for years, but we just didn't hear it, you know. Yeah. And I I think also this is just like the biggest star to say something like this. Yeah. All right. Fourth in our starting five is the Cleveland Cavaliers firing Ty Lue. They also got rid of Damon Jones. Yeah. Um, after a winless start, their own six. Larry Drew is going to take over for now, but uh, he's actually reluctant to take the official interim head coach uh, title uh, because he wants a commitment from the team that's beyond this season. Uh, so basically, he just wants some long-term security. Can't blame yeah. the guy for that. Yeah. Um, but some other names I had uh, that were on the early hot seat as far as coaches in the NBA – were Billy Donovan and Scott Brooks of the Thunder and Wizards, respectively. The Thunder are one and four. The Wizards are one and five. Obviously, not the starts both of these teams were uh, looking to get out to. Yeah. Uh, do you think these two guys are on the hot seat right now? I think they might be on the hot seat, but I don't think anybody else is going to get fired. It's rare to see people get fired, you know, early in the season. Yeah, and or multiple people get fired. Yeah, and I think. Really, what confused me about Ty Lue getting fired is if you knew he wasn't your guy, like yeah. l- like the Cavs really didn't think yeah. they were going to be a playoff team, and then yeah. they started I out zero like six. Just, they owed it to him because he just had got him to the finals that last year. So, but if you knew he wasn't going to you be know. your guy after LeBron left, you might as well get rid yeah. of him anyway. No, absolutely. They they definitely they definitely dropped the ball. They wanted to see what he could bring. I think if they would have started out three and three or four and two, he'd have been fine. Yeah, well, and also Kevin Love's now going to be out for like a month. Yeah. But, I mean, with with Russell Westbrook and Paul George, Russell Westbrook obviously starting out hurt, but Russell Westbrook and Paul George, Oklahoma City thought they'd be in a much better position. Yeah. Uh, Andre, they're they're going to work it out. Andre Roberson had a, a setback with his injury, so he's probably not actually going to be ready till about December, uh, which is not good for them because they're clearly not the same team without him. Um and then with Scott Brooks and the Wizards, the addition of Dwight Howard uh, hasn't really worked. John Wall and Bradley Beal, we know what they can provide for you, but it's not turning into wins. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's a, mm, that's how it goes. We'll see. We'll see if we'll see if one of these guys gets chopped off um, early on, though. Um, I doubt it, though. Yeah. So I like for those teams to turn around. We'll see. All right. Uh, the last one Tyler actually does not know about tonight. Um, I wanted to keep this one a secret because I knew he was going to really enjoy right. it. But uh, we talked about it uh, at the stop of the at the top of the starting five. Clay Thompson scored fifty two points, obviously last night. Yeah. But he wore a headband in the yeah. game. Which yeah. was pretty cool. So Clay Thompson said after his 52, 52 point performance that he loved the headband look uh, he had for the game. Uh, it made him feel like one of his favorite movie characters, Jackie yeah. Moon. Yeah. Uh, obviously played by Will Ferrell in uh, the movie Semi Pro. Tyler, who are some of your favorite basketball movie characters of all time? Basketball movie characters. Yes. Damn. Um, so we're talking. We're talking non-real, non-real people. Non-real people. Or, or just like, because I mean, I guess like, like the first one for me that comes to mind is Timo Cruz. Yeah, Timo Cruz. But he's probably like a, he might be based off a real person. That's why that one. That one's a weird one. Yeah, that's um, fair. Um, God, let me think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of some different ones that I like. You know, um, <laughs> that like everybody else won't know about. But like. Cause like there's a movie called Rebound that's about Earl Manigo, uh, yeah. Earl the Goat Manigo. That's like a streetball legend in New York yep. City. One of my favorite basketball movies, and he's like one of my favorite characters. But obviously, he's like a real person, so that doesn't really count. Yeah. Um, well, the, the ja Jackie Moon is is definitely, definitely Jackie Moon's at the top for sure. He's he's definitely way up there. Um, and then like uh, Kenny and Anton Tyler from The Sixth Man. Yep, that's a great um, one. Yeah, they played for the University of Washington in that movie. Um, so that that's those are pretty good. Well, ones. and also uh, Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes characters in White Man Can't Jump. Oh fuck yeah, that the, those are it right there. <laughs> Billy Hoyle is, is number one. Yeah, see, I knew. Get me on the spot like this, I knew I was gonna fuck this up and forget about someone good. And Billy Hoyle is definitely not someone. I can rest on Billy Hoyle uh, with ease. But it's like yeah, you know, um, the Coach Carter kids are all good. All you of know? them are great. Um, so. Stuff that's a tough picking, but yeah, Billy Hoyle. That's probably got it. It's probably number one. All right, um, the Blue Chips is a good one. Yeah, Blue Chips, is a great movie. They got some good characters in that one. Yeah. All right, Coffee Black, Andre Three Thousand. <laughs> that's a that's another good. That's one. That's a great one. Yeah. Or oh um. Oh. Calvin Cambridge. Yeah, Cal yeah, but not. Nah, I'm going Billy Hoyle for sure. <laughs> I got Billy. All right, so uh, that's it. That's it for this week on the TSK show. Yeah, you got a shout out before we get out of here, Tyler. I don't. I don't. You lame <laughs> son of a bitch. I just can't be handing out shout outs all the time. All right, well I'm gonna hand out a shout out to Monty Ginobili. It was announced uh, by the Spurs earlier this week that he is gonna get his jersey retired on March 28th. He's the ninth Spur to get his jersey retired. So shout out Manu, the man, the yeah. legend. So all right, with that, that wraps up this week of. Uh, this week's episode of the TSK show. Don't forget, you can find us at TSK show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK show in the search bar. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. We are also now on anchor. Just go to anchor.fm slash TSK show or just download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. 
We appreciate you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode for you guys. Peace. Later.